Good afternoon, patriots. You are tuned into Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today we'll talk about not taking the bait. Next, on Living with Liberty. Don't take the bait. For months now, the onslaught of divisive rhetoric has continued from the self-proclaimed unifier-in-chief. It's all baiting just to get people's emotions running hot and to try and divide and conquer the people. Don't give in to it. Is it grotesque? Yes, it is. Is it maddening? Absolutely. Does it dull your senses and make you start to question the sincerity of anyone who may be of a different Crayola color than yourself because we have been constantly bombarded with the lies that America has a systemic racism problem? It all can if you let it. That's when checking your biases becomes a a real important topic. Whether we want to admit it or not, we will become desensitized to things if we allow ourselves to be. That's why we cannot take the bait. That's why we must be, on a semi-regular basis, evaluating our own biases to make sure that these things aren't creeping in. The tactics being used by Obama's marionette in the White House are designed to get us emotional and flying off the handle at any and every perceived slight. It's all designed to make us hypersensitive to things that really aren't worthy of taking offense to in the first place. The goal here is for the elite leftists to cement their power through division of the people. They win once we buy in and get emotionally unhinged and start attacking each other on a large scale, let's call it. We can't take the bait. No matter how obviously untrue the statements being made are, we can't give in to it. We can't take the bait no matter how frustrated we get with the absolute nonsense being spouted by elected officials and then with that person we're talking to maybe out in the community that parrots the same utter nonsense. We can't take that bait. Our course of action has to remain Uh, has to be to remain steadfast in our principles. We have to continue to propagate the narrative that we are not a systemically racist country, that we are welcoming to everyone who comes here through legal means, that we uphold the values of equality for all, and that no, Requiring an ID to vote is not evidence of systemic racism and trying to suppress non-white voters. It's just plain common sense. We need to keep exposing the hypocrisy of the left by asking pointed questions of those who just want to regurgitate talking points. Questions like, what if I went to the bank to open a loan in your name? Should I not be required to show an ID then? After all, if I someone asked me to show an ID to get a loan, wouldn't that be loan suppression? Or how about this one? What if we separated people by eye color? Would that be okay? 
explain to me where systemic racism exists in this country is another good conversation starter. And when that person you are conversing with starts mumbling about slavery and Jim Crow and regurgitating whatever they heard on the news or whatever Biden said or whatever whatever uh, any other race baiter said, ask them, what about the 13th, 14th, and 15th constitutional amendments, as well as the Civil Rights Act? What about those uh, pieces of legislation and amendments didn't eliminate the systemic racism in our country? What a, what piece is missing from those elements of our laws and constitution that leave loopholes for systemic racism to exist in our country? They won't be able to give you an answer. One, because they haven't read any of that. Two, because we as a country, as the United States of America, have done more to eliminate inequality than any other country in the world. We have laws on the books that make it illegal to systemically oppress anyone. And we have laws on the books that, to a certain degree, can favor one group of people over another within the affirmative action policies that are in place. What country can say that? Why don't you go to like Iran or, or some uh, a deeply Islamic country and ask about women's rights? Why don't you go to China and ask about the rights of groups like the, the Uyghurs there? Systemic oppression and racism is in place, just not in America. We need to not take the bait when this topic is just bombarding us. We need to not take it so we don't fall into an emotional argument. We need to stand on the side of principle. We need to stand on the side of truth. And we need to be confident in our talking points that America has put laws and constitutional amendments in place to eliminate and outlaw systemic racism. Now, true to the fraud he is, the ringleader of the circus inhabiting the White House doesn't really believe that Americans are racist people. All the while, he's continuing to pump the systemic racism narrative, which, by the way, Biden, nor has anybody else for that matter, been able to define for us yet what that actually means. Now, Biden had this to say back in April in response to Tim Scott's rebuttal of the grotesque State of the Union speech that old Joe gave. This is what he said. I quote, No, I don't think the American people are racist, but I think after 400 years, African Americans have been left in a position where they are so far behind the eight ball in terms of education, health, in terms of opportunity. And that's a direct quote from Biden. He went on to, con he uh, continued on with this. I think the overhang from all of the Jim Crow and before that slavery has had a cost. And we have had, uh, and we have to deal with it, Biden added. Well, two things here. Let's address one part. We have to deal with it. It's already been dealt with. 13th, 14th, 15th Constitutional Amendment, Civil Rights Act. The cost has been dealt with. We are generations 
many, many generations removed from slavery, and we are several generations removed from uh, the, the civil rights and the ending of the Jim Crow laws. It's been dealt with, yet they want to keep picking this scab and keep squeezing whatever blood they can out of this turnip to push their narrative. And to say that it's we have to deal with it is irresponsible and it's just plain untrue. It's been dealt with. Laws are on the books. Maybe someone should get uh, old Joe down to the Smithsonian or wherever they're housing the Constitution and have him give it a read. Now, the other piece here is, is out of these things, Americans aren't racist, but we have systemic racism. Which is it? Are we systemically racist or not? We keep being told America is systemically racist. But in order for that to be true, the majority of people that I'm passing on the street day to day or interacting within the store are in fact racist, looking to keep anyone down who is not of the same skin tone or not of the same whatever, correct? If, if we're systemically racist, someone, uh, the majority of people I'm passing on the street are in fact racist. But yet, Joseph, we're not, uh, as American people, we're not racist. Now, how can that be? I, I look at things, if we are a systemically racist country, then I should be going to, into restaurants and seeing different seating areas, different counters for whites and non-whites. I should be out in public, seeing separate water fountains, or if you're from Wisconsin, bubblers, for whites and non-whites. There should be separate bathrooms. There should be signs on public transportation telling whatever group to get to the back of the bus. To the, excuse me, the back of the bus. And schools should be resegregated if we're a systemically racist country, right? I mean, these things are the very definition of a system working together to give preferential treatment to one group of people over the other. But unless I'm missing it, I haven't gone anywhere for over a year. I haven't traveled the country to see, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't believe any of these things exist in any form or fashion within our country any longer. These things would be the very definition of systemic racism. Don't take the bait. This is just the unhinged left trying to divide us up by lying to us about something that is not even in existence anymore. Now, notice in Biden's statements and his constant gross race baiting that there's never any backup to his claims. What is this overhang from Jim Crow and slavery that he speaks of? Like I said before, laws and constitutional amendments have been put in place to right the wrongs of those things. So what overhang is left? Who is alive today that would be harboring any overhang from slavery and, and, and being made to endure that and coming out of that? Who alive today would be harboring any overhang from that? What is left looming over people from the Jim Crow era? 
are people still alive from there? Absolutely. But as I said before, we have rectified those wrongs from that era. What's left? What overhang is left that's hanging over people's heads? My conclusion here is that there is nothing. There's been no backup to these claims. So that only leaves me to conclude that there's nothing left looming from Jim Crow and slavery. Otherwise, President Unity and all the other race baiters would be able to give us concrete examples with timely and relevant data to back up their claims of systemic racism. The thing is, they cannot provide any concrete examples or data from, call it the time that the civil rights laws were enacted to the present day in order to substantiate their claims that America is systemically racist. They always have to go back to Jim Crow or slavery, glossing over the constitutional amendments and civil rights laws that have been put in place that have outlawed discrimination. Yet, here's Biden continuing to call systemic racism the great crisis of our time. So which is it? Are we systemically racist or not? If we are, then you, me, and the rest of the country are raging racist because you can't have systemic racism without racist. Yet Biden says Americans aren't racist. So that would imply that systemic racism isn't a threat here. Both can't be true. If Americans aren't racist, then systemic racism cannot exist. There's no one to put systems in place to perpetuate racism. If systemic racism exists, then we are all racist because you need racists to put those systems in place on a large scale. Don't take the bait. We need to remain steadfast in our principles and to keep countering the systemic racism narratives by exposing the lack of concrete evidence of its, of its actual existence. We need to keep exposing that the fact is the Constitution has the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments that were ratified to outlaw things like slavery, to grant voting rights for all that aren't dependent on sex, color, creed, etc., as well as point to the civil rights laws that have, were enacted to eliminate Jim Crow laws and to eliminate discrimination. Also, turn the narrative around on the Democrats. They want to keep bringing up Jim Crow? Keep pointing out that it was the Democrats who enacted Jim Crow. And if they want to keep pointing to Jim Crow as the plight for today's black community, then point it out that it is the Democrats' fault since they are the ones who enacted the laws in the first place. It's all one big circle that comes back around to the Democrats. Don't take the bait and keep identifying as Americans. We're all one. The minute we all realize that and get on the same train, no matter creed, color, sex, orientation, whatever, we are all Americans. As soon as we start identifying as that en masse, the power of these clowns, race baiters, and, and elected officials think they have is gone. Now, speaking of not taking a bait, 
I have a story here you may have seen about uh, the St. Paul, Minnesota BLM chapter founder quitting the organization. Richard Turner, who was the founder of the St. Paul chapter, St. Paul, Minnesota chapter of BLM, quit the organization after realizing that BLM isn't really all that interested in rebuilding the black family and that BLM has little regard for actually educating students. And I believe he put it educating black students. He didn't take the bait. Now, Turner is a man who gets it. He said in a June 2nd interview that BLM's opposition to charter schools is a direct attack on black families and black children. Yes, yes it is. Denying those families a choice is most certainly an attack on them. It makes it plainly obvious that the whole goal is to keep black families and children in the worst performing schools. It makes it plainly obvious the goal is to control black families and continue to make them reliant on government instead of educating themselves and living out, in essence, their American dream, however that might unfold for them with a decent education. Now, how did that mission statement of BLM go again? Oh yeah, it went like this. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Again, notice, does not say fathers anywhere in there. That says everything, that statement says everything as to why they oppose charter schools and school choice. The kids would grow up to be self-sufficient. They would be able to think logically and be able to thrive in society on their own, own accord, and there would be no more market for BLM's race baiting. They need to disrupt the family and keep the kids in horrible schools so they can have that captive market. Truly educated and free-thinking people are a threat to organizations like BLM, like our power-hungry elected officials, like the you know elites in the, in the bureaucracies and government and uh, companies like the big corporate woke corporations, your Facebooks, Twitters, all you know, all of them. Once that happens, once people are truly educated, and they're ed educated in how to think, not what to think such that they become a free thinker and can work through things logically, these elites and groups like BLM and any other group like it lose their grip on power over people. Richard Turner saw and understood that, and he got out of the organization. As an insider in BLM, Turner also provided this insight into what BLM's all about and who they're working with. He says this, he said, Black Lives Matter has been co-opted by teachers unions, specifically at the national level, the American Federation of Teachers. And he said he's uh, here locally in Minnesota. It's uh, Education Minnesota, is, uh, I'm assuming the union there. He goes on to say this, these teachers unions own the Democrats, they own BLM, and teachers unions, in my opinion, Richard Turner's opinion, 
kill our children's hopes and dreams. So if we're thinking about black children doing what's best for black families, we have to start with education. Like I said, Richard Turner gets it. I do not think this statement comes as any big surprise to anyone, though. If you've been watching the battles over education and critical race theory, as well as some of the demands for conditions that must be met before teachers would return to the classroom, uh, you know, those those conditions that the, the especially the big city teachers unions put out there, mind you, conditions that had nothing to do with the actual teaching uh, or instructing of children, but everything to do with the social justice nonsense. Turner's statement really isn't a big surprise. I think intrinsically, we probably all kind of figured that out. What he did is he said the quiet part out loud. We have all seen it for the past year and a half now, how some teachers and especially more so the unions uh, are pushing this ideology, are pushing, call it Marxist ideology, how school systems are uh, themselves, boards are pushing this ideology. It seems these teachers unions have found a new back door into relevance again. They have found the secret code to pushing more indoctrination. And that secret code is to scream racism and equity, and these backboneless school boards will just capitulate. We're kind of fighting a little bit of that locally. We all see it. Richard Turner has now said the quiet part out loud. Hopefully, there's more like him to stand up and start calling this out, to start calling out what BLM is really all about, what some of these other groups that have been sprouting up in our communities are really all about. And I hope more and more stand up, and I hope more and more start demanding things that will better their families and communities. Charter schools and school choice are not going to solve all the problems. They have their fair share of indoctrinators as well. But given the choice between a charter or even having your money follow you to a private school versus just being shoved in some public school indoctrination facility, it's a start and you're probably better off. And it will potentially be a better choice uh, for that student as opposed to an underperforming public school that we just keep shoveling more money into and we're not seeing any return on that investment. And as Billy Mays would say, but wait, there's more. I want you to listen to this last gem from Rashard Turner's interview with Fox News. He says this, I'll tell you, there's not one black family in my neighborhood here in St. Paul that has said, hey, we don't want that money to follow our child. He goes on to say this, anyone who's in opposition to school choice, charter schools, you're right, I'd say they're racist. Because we know that charter schools are creating opportunities. We know that money is supposed to be educating our children. Turner with the mic drop on BLM here, he calls them out for exactly what they are, a racist organization. Now, to be fair, is he being a bit over the top with the broad brush of the statement? Perhaps. Anyone who's in 
opposition to school choices are racist. Yeah, it's it might be a bit of a too a bit too broad of a brushstroke there. But in the context of uh, of what he's saying, this interview, he hit the nail right on the head in terms of uh, referencing it back to BLM. They don't want to see their community thrive. That's not what they're about. That that inhibits their power if their community thrives. It's all right there in their previous mission statement that they had taken down after it got a lot of unwanted attention. BLM wants to disrupt the family, not strengthen it. They want to support each other as villages, which means they control and supply everything, including what you can think. BLM is not an organization that wants to actually fix anything. They only want to cause more division and strife in the community because there's a power in that for them. Where they've taken in billions and billions of dollars, where has that gone? Uh, I'm guessing if this is a Marxist organization, that, that should have been all redistributed out to, to the communities, right, that they operate in. But how many stories have we seen that people are asking, hey, where's this money, BLM? You promised us some some money here, some help, and, and there's nothing. It's crickets. They're not actually serious about it. That's the whole thing. And these poor people have been had by them. And more and more are waking up. That's awesome. There's still more to wake up, though. Now, Richard Turner understood all of this, and he got out of BLM. He resigned. But it wasn't before he gathered up some good intelligence that is coming out in these recent interviews that he has done. Now, I'll link the articles. One is titled um, Black Lives Matter. St. Paul founder has resigned after learning the ugly truth. Uh, that one has a link to a video of him explaining what led him to quit the organization. It, it's a great video. I encourage you to check it out. It's only two minutes, and it's well worth your time. Don't take the bait. There are more Richard Turners out there, people who are recalibrating their own biases, but maybe aren't ready to pull out of an organization like BLM yet, aren't really ready to pull out of that BLM-type organization within their own community. These are the people who we need to reach to help make positive change in the community, though. We are not going to reach them by going to them with an overly emotional response and admonishment because we took the bait that Barack O'Biden keeps throwing out there. We need to continue to check our biases, make sure that we aren't becoming uh, accepting to the, of the repeated messages from the elites, the media, and Democrats that we live in a systemic, systemically racist country. Once we do that, it's at that point we have taken the bait and the Democrats and their media and elite sycophants will have won and our constitutional republic will get weaker because we will have become even more divided. Stand tall and stand proud in your identity as an American and continue to reach out to all of those who will listen to reason, all of those who are sane, who see what's going on and think it's wrong, that they still have a modicum of principle yet, that they're still 
maybe able to not just blindly pull the handle for a Democrat. Our unity is what the Democrats and elites fear most, because it's at that point they have no control over us. Don't take the bait. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living With Liberty Outfitters. And don't forget to check out the limited edition Memorial Day collection. There's only four more days left to order Memorial Day uh, collection merchandise. And as a reminder, all proceeds from the sale of the Memorial Day collection will be donated to the A Soldier's Child Foundation. Also, shopping uh, shop now through Friday, and you'll receive a 15% discount off anything and everything in the store. And lastly, I'd be so grateful if you subscribed to the show and left a positive review should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at livingwithliberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.